You're tuning in and turning on to the Inside Game with Mitch Newman. A chance to dig in and dig deep and how to move from all or nothing results, even sporadic results, to sustainable lifetime results in every aspect of your personal and professional life. Truth be told, none of us escape stuff. And what would it be like to effectively weather any season or storm that comes your way with determination, dignity, with grace, and gratitude? Knowing the truth of who you are will always carry you well across the finish line. So if you're ready to match your insides with your outsides, let's jump in. It's coming August. It'll be 16 years since my father passed away. And I mark that time. Easily because it was eight days before our youngest daughter was born, that he suddenly passed. Mm, Our oldest, though we have a picture of my father and her together, has obviously no recollection. She was only three years apart from her younger sister. So at that time, doesn't have a recollection of, of my father. So over the years, I would attempt to do my best because I always felt a, a certain sadness that my father, um, though I believe he met my youngest from from a spiritual perspective uh, in his departure and her entrance, um, never got to experience her in, in this reality. And also both my kids. I mean, he, he got to experience my oldest, our oldest, a little bit, but not very much. So over the years, I've always tried to find ways to uh, bring my father to life for them because it was always one of the things that I felt most sad about was that they never had a chance to know my dad. So I would tell stories and and when they were younger, there was, I could tell they were listening. There was a level of interest or sometimes they would ask certain questions. And as they get older and I would tend to repeat the same <laughs> stories because I wanted to keep bringing him to life to them. You know, I get the eye rolls and so forth. And then they moved into teenage years and and then it's all over. And then at some point, I imagine in their future, they'll have questions or, or wonder about their grandfather. They're just in a different space now as teenagers. But I had a really interesting experience the other day. Um, we were up in the L.A. area. And I was meeting a childhood buddy of mine, one of my dearest and closest friends, for coffee early, 7 a.m. My wife was having some surgery on her eye, and I was with my youngest, and uh, she said, do you mind if I go? And of course, you know, you could sit sit with us and hang out with us. You know, I loved it. I loved the idea. We sat down, and, and my buddy started talking. I made some kind of comment about to my friend about uh, the jacket he was wearing and making an old, old reference to the fact that, that there was a, a brand that exists that I doubt it exists now, but back in the seventies, right. Called members only. I don't know. Maybe it's still out there. And my dad, my dad had one of every color of those jackets, these lightweight jackets. So that was the joke that, you know, as you get older, you start thinking, Oh, that's a good looking jacket. But he was wearing a jacket that, that sort of looked like it, but not really. But I, 
I couldn't let it go, so I had to make a joke, and I just said, is that a, is that a members-only jacket? He started laughing. And he turned to my daughter, and he just started to rip. Your grandfather, and he just kind of went on and on, talking about my dad. And uh, tears well up now, thinking about it, but it was such a touching time to listen. And I saw her listening to him in a way that she hadn't listened to me about my dad for a very long time. And I suddenly kind of zeroed in on it because I'm thinking, well, you know, is it the other perspective that she's getting to hear that I wasn't just telling a, a tale about how wonderful my dad was, but that she was actually hearing it from somebody that she loved and cared about who was separate and apart from the family and telling stories. But I paid really close attention to the words he was using because I love words, love words and the meaning that gets attached to them. And he didn't say anything. So out of the ordinary, there wasn't any description that 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 was <clears throat> unusual to anything that I had said. But it was it was said differently. The tone was different. His look was different. Uh, his perspective was different, and the words he used were different. And I could see my daughter laughing, and I could see her smiling, and I could just see her light up, and it just touched me so deeply. And I started thinking about how just how powerful words are to us in our language, perhaps in other languages as well. But just the idea, the, the meaning that we attach to words and how that meaning can shift and, and, and change over time, how uh, the association that we have with a word, how that can stimulate us on a mental level, an emotional level, and a physiological level. How, how words can trigger us, how words can uplift us. And I realized, you know, we speak so many of the same words, yet often there's a, a different definition that we hold towards that word because we have a different orientation to it. We have a different orientation to it because of the experiences of our lives. We were taught words and we were taught the meaning of those words through other people, through our parents, through family members through our schooling, whatever that, whatever the circumstances may be, but we had the association of what those words meant. And then we also had our own interpretation of them. Sometimes the way things that were described to us were uh, not with words, but with images or experiences. And then we decided at a fairly young age, what that must mean. Because I always say, if we don't know what things mean, we probably don't get out of bed in the morning to know that the world is safe enough to do so. But we project, just as others project onto us, their definition of what words mean to them. And I realize that's, that's where so much collaboration comes in, but also a lot of confusion. Because we start to make the assumption that our definition of a word is somebody else's definition of a word. And sometimes it very well may be. It's, it's almost the interpretation. If you, if you look at and watch a movie or you read a book and then the mo- you find out the movie's coming out and you can't wait because those words are going to come alive. But, but now those words have been uh, taken out of your own creative mind, your own images that you have uh, of what it must look like, what it must sound like. And now it's coming out of somebody else's mouth. 
And now it's in a setting that maybe doesn't look exactly like you imagined it would look or thought it looked or it looked. And sometimes you walk away from that movie and go, yeah, I don't know. I think I like the book better because you were left your own imagination. You were left your own definition of what things meant. The words that were used, the, the way those words were used. You know, there's a story I was told one time of, of, of in the art of screenwriting, which is a part of my background from years, years ago. That if you have a, if you have a guy who's leaning up against a wall and he's about to kiss a woman, and he says, I love you. You know, I love you, don't you? And then you have that same kind of scenario, but he's ho- uh, ho- up against a wall with a woman. He's got a gun to her head or a knife to her throat. And he says, you know, I love you, don't you? Suddenly those words don't resonate the same. They don't mean the same. Their intention isn't the same. And yet what causes such challenges in our lives is, is the lack of communication or the misinterpretation or misunderstanding of, of words that were used because we prescribe our definition to them. You know, coach a lot of people, entrepreneurs, and they, they're looking for people to, to join them and, and, and myself included in this. And we hear things, we hear things that people say like, oh man, you know, I'm all in, I'm all in. Now each of us has a, has a different definition, somewhat similar, but slightly different definition of what that might look like. One person's all in maybe five hours a week. Dedicated time, consistent, solid time. Another person's all in is 24-7, the grind. So the person who thinks it's the grind hears from somebody who, who says they're all in, and they project onto them their definition of it. And then suddenly, that person's definition was five hours, and then therein lies the disappointment. I thought, I thought they were all in. I guess not. Yes, by whose definition? What are the words that are used that, that, that trigger us inside, that, that stimulate us inside, or that create a red flag inside and, and our ability to then process through that? So the person who hears all in and projects their image of 24-7 and it doesn't happen, then all of a sudden starts to doubt themselves. All of the stuff that's going on inside of them that makes them think that maybe they can't do this starts to surface. And what they reveal in that process is they don't have an inside game. Now, I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I think that's a great awareness. I think that's a great opportunity to be able to, to create a shift inside someone's life. And there's other words. People say, I love you. Just the example I used before. You know I love you, don't you? Well, what is your definition of love? We've all been raised somewhat differently. Some have idealized versions of what love is. They project that onto people. And it's very different for other people because their version of love isn't the same. And therein lies the disappointment. So we say things like all in. We say things like I love you. I had a coaching call years ago, a phone coaching call with a complete stranger. I was working for John Gray's company, Ask Mars Venus. And the woman said, my boyfriend told me he loved me and I haven't heard from him now in two weeks. I'm like, oh, I really, I, I hear that, that that must be challenging. May I ask when the last time you saw him? 
She goes, well, we haven't met yet. We met online. Hmm. Hadn't even met yet. They knew each other just a couple weeks and they spoke online and he said, I love you. She interpreted based upon her vision or version of what love is, even two weeks in. And now was racked with all these horrible feelings inside because all that gets stirred inside of her is maybe I'm not unlovable after all. Man, it was two weeks. Some people think they fall in love immediately. Other people go, well, I think it's something that develops over time. Not here to say who's right and who's wrong, but isn't it fascinating? Isn't it fascinating? Other people use words and they think they're really a strong communicator, but they're actually using words, finding out what your definition of those words are, and then using those words to get what they want. Well, communicating to get what you want isn't as much communication as it as manipulation. We're literally using someone else's definition of a word and manipulating that to get what we want. And then when that disappointment hits and we realize that person actually did, well, I thought they were my friend. I thought we were friends. Well, what's your definition of friend? Most people who sit around and say, oh, this person's my friend, this person's my friend, in a lot of situations, they're just really, if you want to break it down, for in a lot of people's views would say they're really just friendly. They have a cordial relationship, respectful relationship. They know a little bit about each other. Other people wouldn't say that. Oh, well, we're, we're, we're friendly. Oh, a buddy of mine. A buddy of mine. What does that mean? Now, you assume when you hear a buddy of mine, you think somebody's good friends with them. That isn't necessarily true. It's how we define it and where we trip ourselves up in communication and where we activate a lot of this stuff, that inside stuff that gets triggered, that, that, that brings up the hurt, is because of that projection of our own definition, the assumption that someone else, when they say the words, must mean what, what I mean when I say those words. No. That's not how it rolls. That's not how it rolls. So it's a very powerful opportunity in a lot of ways for people to not only work on their inside game, to fortify themselves because they, they really feel confident and good about the words that they're using, but they also learn that one of the best ways not to trigger and bring up and drudge up, constantly drudging up old stuff, is to sometimes have a level of conversation, a slowing down of the conversation and communication so that there is greater clarity, so that there is less room for misunderstanding or misinterpretation, so there is less room for disappointment for people who are genuinely communicating but simply have a different different definition of the word than you do, than I do. So I would tell, I would ask people, see, people would say to me, oh, Mitch, I don't get it. You know, they said they were all in. They said they were all in and, and God, I can't get them to do this. I can't. Get and I said, well, hold on a second. I said, well, what, what does all in look like to you? Well, you know, I said, no, I, I don't know. I, I have my definition, but I want to ask you your definition of all in. 
Well, I mean, you know, I don't look at a clock and, you know, I, I don't know for a Friday from a Sunday to a Tuesday, like it's all the same to me. Like I'm just, it's always, it's always there. It's always around me. I'm always doing something. I'm always involved in it. Even if I'm with my kids or my family, I might have to take a call. I might have to do this. I go, okay. So that's all into you is meaning it's like all encompassing. Like you're going for it. You want to make a lot of money and you're willing to put in and invest the time and energy to do so regardless of what that takes. Yeah. That's how that's all in. And I said, well, that's interesting. So I took the time to ask you what all in looks like. So rather than be disappointed, rather than start to trigger yourself and go through the spiral and start to turn this on yourself, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get anybody to do anything? Why do people say they're all in and they're really not? Why don't you do what I just did with you? And they're like, well, what do you mean? I go, did you ever ask the person? It sounds like you didn't, but did you ever consider asking the person when they said I'm all in? Did you consider asking them, say, hey, I have my definition of all in. I'm curious what that looks like to you so that we can develop a really strong, honest working relationship and a highly communicative one out the gate. No, I never, I never did that. I just assumed. I said, well, there you go. I said, don't get me wrong. I said, what you're talking about, what you're, what you're sharing with me is not uncommon. I deal with this all the time. I deal, with, I deal with this all the time. I sometimes get caught up in it and I have to slow the conversation. I go, well, hold on a second. Can I, can I ask you a question? Point of clarity. What does all in look like for you? Just so I'm clear. Now, I don't, here's the beauty of it. See, if, if their definition is different than yours, you may still choose to be disappointed, but I would say you, you have a better opportunity rather than be disappointed, be, instead be grateful because now you know what all in looks like to them. Now you know how to work with them. Now you know that seven o'clock on a Saturday night, six o'clock on a Monday night, they're bathing their kids, they're feeding their kids, they're out with their friends, whatever that is. You know if it's okay to leave a message and to know that maybe perhaps they might not get back to you instantly. Maybe that it's 24 hours later. Maybe it's the next morning. Maybe it's after 9 o'clock. I have people who leave voice messages, and I think this is so brilliant. They'll leave voice messages on their phone that say, if you're reaching me between 4 and 7, I've picked up the kids from school. <laughs> We're getting them fed, getting them bathed, and getting them ready for bed. Please feel free to leave a message. If it's an emergency, please contact and somebody else that they know because they asked the question, would you be willing to take calls for me during this time? Yes. Great. If, you, if it's an emergency, please contact so-and-so and they'll be happy to direct. If not, just leave a message and I'll get back to you within whatever that is, a couple hours, 24 hours, 12 hours, eight hours. It doesn't matter. It's clarity. It's clarity. So when somebody says, I love you, when somebody says, I'm all in, when somebody says, I'm a leader, another one where there's hundreds of different definitions of what a leader looks like and sounds like and talks like and behaves like. And the disappointment, once again, is projecting what we believe a leader does or a leader does or doesn't do. I've heard people say, well, a leader does this. I go, okay, 
You say so. But sometimes we have to change the words. I don't, I'm not a big fan of the word. I think the word leader, for instance, the, the word leader is overused. Are you a leader? Oh, he's a leader. Oh, she's a leader in our group. Oh, she, she loves to lead. Well, I don't know what that means. So I may say to them, well, what does that mean to you? And then sometimes I just change it up completely. They go, oh, I hear you're one of the top leaders. I said, well, I'm, I'm a really effective guide. You can call me a guider. What? I go, yeah. I guide people to information, to greater understanding, through examples and wisdom that I have over the years. I guide people on how to be able to be more effective in what it is that they want to accomplish. Because to me, that's what a leader does. A leader is a guide. All ego aside, a leader learns how to guide people to where they want to go. So instead of bringing bringing up the word leader, because I know it's going to trigger a million definitions, I use my own word. I'm a guider. And that challenges somebody to say to me, what's a guider? And then I get to tell them. So sometimes it's helping yourself to understand that, that how you once defined a word is different now. Over time, raising your level of consciousness, developing a strong and and powerful inside game. You realize certain words don't work for you. Certain words trigger you. Certain words upset you. Certain words are confusing. So you develop and change the words. Or you you, you challenge people and get greater clarity around what the word means to them so that you're on the same page. And then you're able to share, hey, well, this is what it means to me. So I'm not going to project what I think it is. I just need to know what you think it is so I can best support you under those guidelines because I'm a guider. (laughs) So truth be told, my buddy didn't use any crazy words. He didn't need to reinvent language. Spoke from his heart. He shared words about my father that lifted my daughter up, that made her smile, that shifted her energy, that brought tears to my eyes. Words are so powerful. So don't be afraid to seek the clarity. Don't be afraid to reframe, to come up with a completely different word. It doesn't matter. What we want to do is we want to have a greater understanding. And if you're growing in consciousness over time and you're working on your inside game, and you have an inside game plan strategy that you're working with, then what you're doing is you're creating the opportunity to better define, to better clarify what it is that you want, what it is that you need, and to better understand what other people want and need so you can rise to the occasion and support them. I'm Mitch Newman. We'll see you again next time. So if you enjoy this episode and like what you're hearing, I would appreciate you subscribing to this podcast and consider sharing this as well with a friend who may have an interest in fine-tuning their own inside game. Any comments, reviews, suggestions, all are welcomed and appreciated. Tagging me in your stories is also a great way to pass the word and provide me with additional confirmation that the content is landing, at least somewhere. (laughs) And if I'm missing the mark, don't hold back. I want to hear that too. So until next time... Don't hesitate to dig in, go deep, and find your magic.